Hello and welcome to another Deep Dive episode on the Total Space Network. I'm Mikko, the host of Deep Dives, and with me today is... I'm another Space Nut. Thanks for joining today, guys. We are taking a look into launches that happened in 2020 and also thinking about the current state of the launch market. We'll also compare some stats to the year before that. But first of all, it has been a really great year in space flight, even though pretty much the whole world stood still for some time. But space flight was not really affected. And of course, big part of this is SpaceX and their Starlink launches, which somehow were deemed essential even during the worst of the times uh, among the government launches. So pretty nice to see that they actually want some satellite internet. Satellite internet, that's an important launch we saw across 2020. Several Starlink launches took place. Um, just seen this morning on the uh, news here in the UK that apparently back in November, SpaceX were uh, given a preliminary license to broadcast services using Starlink in the UK. And that started taking place just uh, last week, the week before. First customers started to receive their ground terminals. Yeah, I actually heard about that too. Quite interesting, UK is the first country in Europe to get the Starlink. Are you getting one? I mean, I put my name down for the beta program and never really got that much communication from SpaceX. I am, however, planning to get Starlink Internet. You guys have heard me at Total Space several times uh, complain about the speed of the Internet and how bad it can be here. So Starlink is definitely on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I put my name there too. Uh, They did send two or three emails, but yeah, I'm not sure if I will will be getting it soon or not. Uh, They actually got a license to launch 10 polar satellites, so that could help my situation here, because the currently launched satellites won't have the coverage here. But let's take over, uh, let's take a look at the stats in 2020. Uh, What do you think, how many launches there were last year? That is a good question. You've caught me off guard. I can't even Google because we're live on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I would say somewhere around 60 to 80. Somewhere close to 114, that. actually. 114 launches in total last year. Yeah. Wow. Of that, only 10 failures. I mean, not only. Then almost ten percent, so that's actually a pretty big number. So I have, yeah, yeah I have this uh, statistics page open, <laughs> and here we can see the launches. And this is the first year for a long while that United States got more launches than China. China had thirty-nine, and United States forty-four. China are really predominant at launching things. A lot of people underestimate them because they're not always live or broadcast easily on the internet, but they launch an incredible amount of things into space. Yeah. I mean, if if the, the COVID didn't happen, I think they 
could have still been the first. Yeah. They did have some pause. But there's some interesting countries here on the list too. For example, Iran got into orbit this year. I think that's their first orbital launch. And Israel is an interesting country because they actually launch uh, the other side than the most launch sites. So they launch, is it retrograde instead of prograde or vice versa? Yes, retrograde instead of prograde. Yeah. Yeah, so they need much more delta V to get into orbit. And Europe and Japan, four and five launches, not too many. And then we can look at which rockets uh, or rocket families were launched. Of course, you can not see a the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Falcon 9 had 25 launches this year, and that's, of course, their new record. And the Long March family is in the lead, but Falcon 9 was the most used configuration of the rocket. Yeah. And I mean, it's incredible to see, isn't it? Like over half all US launches, and there was 44 in 2020. Over half of those were done by SpaceX. Yeah, totally. That's pretty crazy. And what's good thing to see, Electron is, I think it's the it's third or fourth most launched vehicle, right after Falcon 9 and Soyuz. And yeah, may, maybe some of the long march hmm. might be over that. I mean, the Electron's still a fairly new rocket, and we saw uh, the biggest amount of launches come from Rocket Labs so far in a single year in 2020. They are progressing really well as a company. And I think if we were to do the same thing two years from now, there's a very good chance that we'd see the Electron somewhere at the top end of that uh, launch yeah. vehicle use list. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they do have... <laughs> Uh, didn't they have a launch window about every three days? They did, and they're expanding to more launch sites as well. They've, yeah. they've got the two launch complexes, and now I believe they're working on pad four, is it? Uh, two pads in New Zealand and one in United States. And they were looking so, at a, a second pad in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't remember about that but you are probably right and well here here you can see the launches by spaceports of course there's chinese spaceports in the lead but cape canaveral is the most used launch site and i think this is pretty interesting chart uh, we can see where the launches went of course over 70 percent of the missions went to low earth orbit then there's medium Earth geosynchronous, and few missions went to lunar orbit too this year. Hmm. Yeah, uh, comparing to the year earlier, that's where United States took the lead from China because in 2019 China had 34 launches and United States only 27. Uh -huh. But yeah, so we could take a look at some SpaceX stats. This is pretty good chart. This does tell how many new Falcon missions there were. 
new and used. So most of the flights were on used boosters. That's actually 29 used, 21 used boosters and five new Falcon 9s this year. And I mean, the reusability alone, how many other companies can say, uh, we didn't uh, we didn't just launch a large amount of rockets this year, but a lot of those were reusable. Yeah, not many. And the interesting thing about Starlinks is that SpaceX has massively upped the mass they bring to orbit because in 2017 to 2019, SpaceX's total mass to orbit was around 90 tons. And this year it's 250 tons almost. So yeah. Slight difference. Yeah. I think almost or even half of the missions were Starlink missions this year. Right. So what would you say was the most important mission this year? I would say for me at least was crew one just because I feel it's an important milestone on the road forward and it brought a lot more people onto the idea of human spaceflight, you know, as opposed to just sat watching Starlink satellites go up or another super secret spy satellite or anything like that. It was two American astronauts launching on an American made rocket, which I'm not patriotic towards America. I'm English, but at the same time, for as much as it was an American event, it was a global event in my opinion. You know, it, yeah. it really inspired the masses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got Framrick saying demo two. Yeah, yeah. The demo two was the first, and crew one was the one just launched in was it in November? But yeah. both of the missions had a huge impact. I would agree. Crew crew two sent vibes like nothing else. Uh, sorry, Demo 2, but I think Crew 1 to see four astronauts aboard the Dragon, I felt, was more of a shock factor for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not taken away from Bob and Doug and what they did was, I mean, I'd even go as far as to say heroic, really. You know, they were testing a new system in practice for the first time, you know, but at the same time, to see it in a four-seat configuration being used is just... Amazing. And it was yeah. a global partnership. There was Soichi Noguchi aboard as well, which meant it wasn't just an American thing. You know, it was this global effort. Yeah. And the fun thing about Soichi Noguchi, he's the first one to ride three different vehicles for a long time. I think before that, it was some of the Apollo astronauts. So yeah. let's say at least 40 was- years if I'm not mistaken, that was the Soyuz capsule, the shuttle, and now the Crew Dragon. Yeah, uh, Soyuz, yeah. Crew Dragon, and shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. And one interesting thing about this year, there was also one one launch from Moon. It was the Chinese Chang'e 5 sample return. And that, I would say that that mission was one of the most important as well. Yeah, I'd put it up there, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think uh, the Chinese made the mission much more difficult than they had to, so they can actually start practicing for human flight. So they did orbital 
docking and something like that. Yeah, it would make sense to prepare. I mean, a, a lot of countries now in the 2020s intend on going to the moon, whether that's uh, directly, i.e., you know, it's, it's very likely that NASA boots are going to be the first on the moon, or whether that's indirectly with partnerships through the Artemis Accords. A lot of countries are targeting the moon, and it makes sense for China as as a space-going nation, at least, to partake in orbital rendezvous and the like, like you say, in, in preparation for humans touching down on the moon. Yeah, and even to Mars. And speaking of Mars, there was also the three missions to Mars. One from the United Arab Emirates and, well, of course, the Perseverance from USA and Chinese Orbiter. Chinese mission. Do you remember the name? <laughs> Good question. Um, I don't actually remember the name of it. Yeah, me neither. But th- there was a Chinese mark mission. <laughs> we'll, we'll have the guys screaming in the chat. Who is it, guys? Because they're all in the chat enjoying themselves. They can work a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to re- remind our viewers, you can ask questions we will be answering them <coughs> so what what do you think the launch market will look like in 2021 i think we're going to see a lot more starlink launches we're going to see more of a launch cadence from more providers um it's, i mean it's difficult really like I, I know going out the back end of 2020 everybody was like yay 2021 is going to be a great year and then we've started here um in lockdown so you know we're basically back to where we were last march in the uk but um yeah i I think for launch providers it's difficult you know we've spoken with companies like skyrora who are persevering despite the difficulties but there is some delay We've seen delays from other launch providers and, you know, the likes of Demo 2 and Crew 1, we saw a reduced amount of uh, staff on the ground. And SpaceX Ninjas, by the way, anybody at SpaceX that dons the SpaceX Ninja suit, you are a legend. That is like the ultimate job to be considered one of Elon's minions. Yeah, (laughs) I would have to agree there. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, I think for... 2021 we will see at least one maybe two or three small set launchers coming online and well SpaceX will continue to dominate the market but hopefully we will see also SLS and maybe even Blue Origins New Glenn but Vulcan should fly, fly this year at least Vulcan could fly. There's also the Peregrine lander heading towards the moon in October. That's got some interesting science aboard. That's got uh, the Spacebit rover on, which we're recording tomorrow. So, yeah, should be. If you're watching this video a week from now or beyond that, then check out the Spacebit interview that's flying aboard the Peregrine lander. And we also um, discussed the same lander with I Need More Space TJ who's got the I Need More Moon project going about the same Peregrine Lander in October towards the moon as well, which is quite exciting. Yeah, and I think both of us have names going on the moon. Oh, yeah, I got an email from TJ the other day to say that my name had been laser ingrained onto a piece of silica that's heading towards the moon, and I'm just like, 
I mean, I've done it with the Perseverance rover and other put your name on on rovers from NASA. Mm-hmm. But to know that TJ's put a small fortune out of his own pocket to do it, and to know that was shortlisted to be one of the very few names that could go on there was great. Yeah, I think it was around five thousand names. Am I right? Yeah, five thousand. You compare that to the one point six million names aboard the Perseverance rover. It feels more exclusive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And on the Perseverance, Perseverance rover, uh, was there anything, any engravings, or was it just uh, digital files, or do you remember? Yeah, they, the... they were all they're all engraved on the Perseverance rover. Oh, it's done okay. with engraving on silicon. But when I was speaking to TJ, he said that the laser that he's got access to as a private citizen isn't anywhere near it you know, the size of the JPL laser. So as a result, they could fit a lot less names on there than, say, JPL would have with the same piece of silica. Yeah. Uh, still very exciting stuff there. And the thing is, for anybody watching this, if you like the sound of your name going to another celestial body, just search names on Mars. NASA do it with every rover, every orbiter. They're they're very big advocates for you know putting children's names on there, your grandmother's names on there, put in loving memory of somebody, but get your name going out there to the outer reaches. Future humans might read it in all. Yeah. What Susie's saying the SLS might do something in 2021 as well in live chat. Yeah, there's at least supposed to be the hot fire. Yeah. I think that's should be coming within a few months already. I think it's about as much action as we'll see from the SLS in 2021 personally. <laughs> But um mm-hmm. no, I mean good luck good luck to the United Launch Alliance. You know, a, a lot of people are giving the SLS a lot of stick. Um it will will go to orbit. That's my opinion. We will definitely at least see one SLS launch, if not two. And it's gonna be a beast. I don't care whether you're a SpaceX fanboy or not. It's going to be exciting to watch the SLS take to the sky, regardless of your political opinion on it. Yeah, yeah, and I think those solid rocket boosters will make quite some more sound than even maybe the super heavy booster. Maybe. I would agree with that statement. Well, do you think China or United States will be the leader in launches this year? I would like to say the US, but I know China are quite ambitious in their launch cadence. That is a really tough call. I think I'm gonna have to say the US just because we've got a lot of Starship test flights coming up, or at least potentially coming up in 2021. We've got a few of our small launch providers in the private industry in America that are also trying to make orbit in 2021 as well. So I'm gonna have to say the US, but I'm probably wrong. Come this time next year, leave a comment on this video and tell me I was wrong and that China made it to space more times than SpaceX and the US. Yeah, I mean I would agree with you since we have to remember that Electron is counted in the US launches. Also true. So let's say then <laughs> Electron launches twenty. 20 Starlink missions plus some customer and NASA missions. So I think it could easily go over 50 launches for USA. And we've got a Falcon Heavy flight this year planned as well, isn't there? Finally. Which is 
the rare gem of the rocket industry. For anybody mm -hmm. who is new to rockets and watching this video, and you've sort of come on board since the whole DM2 Crew 1 events of 2020, if you haven't seen a Falcon Heavy launch, you need to do that. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> And I want to go see one in person desperately. I want COVID to end so I can get to the States and watch me a Falcon Heavy launch. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a good place for a meetup. Yeah. That sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. So yeah, have, you seen, have you seen any questions on the chat? That's what I was just about to say. Did you want to proceed with some questions? Because I think we've just left the guys over there to chat amongst themselves. A lot of friendly faces. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I would say now is a good opportunity to tag myself or Miko. Are you signed in as Miko or are you signed in as Total Space on I'm signed YouTube? in as Miko. So if you were to tag myself or Miko with some questions, we'll try and get those answered for you. Well, actually, I found one. Warhawk is asking what's up with James Webb. So... Do you remember James Webb Telescope's time frame? Is it supposed to launch this year? <coughs> this year it's supposed to launch, I believe. Uh, I saw something on their Twitter account a few days ago that would lead me to believe that they intend on launching this year. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was late this year when they are supposed to launch. Let's just go to Google and see this, just because it's bugging me otherwise. 31st of October, yeah. the James Webb is scheduled to launch this year. Yeah, nice. Well, hopefully we will see that. And we know one of our friends, Marsan Colonist, is very excited about that. Yeah, the search for life in other systems is going to be greatly increased by the James Webb Space Telescope. And it's probably going to be one of the best launches of the decade. Keep in mind, this is the 2020s I'm talking about. And it's an exciting decade for space. The James Webb is one of the single most critical things we are putting into space this year. And it's hopefully going to run an operation lifespan expected 5 to 12 years, was it, that they're hoping for? I don't remember, but I would think it's at least that long. No. I mean, They've spent quite a bit of money on it, so should last for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, generally they put a lifespan on them and they far exceed the lifespan. You know, some of the Mars rovers were designed to last a few weeks at best and years later we're still providing data. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen the paper Martian Colonist released with a few co-workers, it's called white dwarf opportunity and it's an interesting paper um so i just want to say thank you to jordan wright the angry astronaut who may be watching he's just pledged to us on patreon so i wanted to say thank you to that and to all the existing patreons anybody that is watching that does want to become a patreon supporter it is great great greatly appreciated genuinely i can't say it enough times how thankful I am that some of you guys are willing to put into your pocket when the world is in such a state, and it's truly heartwarming. So thank you to everybody that opts to support us on Patreon. Um, if you don't, however, opt to support us on Patreon, that's fine too. We're still going to continue to make the content. Thumbs up and a subscription on YouTube helps. And if not, just enjoy listening to the content. There's absolutely no drama if you don't give us a thumbs up and a subscribe either. Yeah, and thank you from me to all the Patreons too. 
it's it's great to see the support from from the start. It's it's boggling, and I mean, I know a couple of well, there's there's several supporters that are on uh, YouTube here with us today, and it, it genuinely like it. It's it's absolutely making a difference. You know, we can confidently say that right now the reason uh, Rich and Cargay couldn't join us on this episode is because they're putting together our new website funded by Patreon support. And we're also looking at other systems and other bits of uh, tool and stuff to help us behind the scenes. And that genuinely comes from the support of some of these amazing people that are here with us live on YouTube now. Yeah, we actually... Yeah, started the new website and we will be moving the library over there so we can be more independent from other podcast platforms. And it should be up within few days or weeks. And the address for the website is totalspace.net. Should be in the link of this video or live stream, depending on if you're watching it live. And there we go, Total Space just posted it in the chat. So if you're watching a replay on the chat replay, there it is. Yeah. <coughs> well, Framrick, uh, Framrick is asking about Rocket Lab Capstone mission. Do you remember uh, that? I don't. I'm going to be honest instead of quickly jumping to Google. <laughs> I would like enlightening if you know Momiko. Yeah, I, I don't remember the mission either. Framrick saying GPS for the moon. Let's do this. We'll do it live. Look like amateurs. Live Google search. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I remember one one rocket lab mission destined to moon, and maybe it's that one. So it will deliver some payload. But I guess that's so according. GPS. Okay, go ahead. According to their website, it says in 2021, Rocket Lab will launch a CubeSat into lunar orbit for NASA. The historic pathfinding mission supports NASA's Artemis program, which will land the first woman and next man on the moon by 2024. Using our electron rocket and photon lunar spacecraft, Rocket Lab will launch NASA's Sisula Autonomous Positioning System Technology Operations and Navigation Experiment which is just acronym to Capstone, and I don't know why I didn't just say Capstone. CubeSat, so in unique lunar orbit. Capstone's primary objective is to verify, test and verify the calculated, calculated orbital stability near a rectilinear halo orbit around the moon. The same orbit will be planned for the Lunar Gateway. The Gateway is a planned small space station that will orbit around the moon and provide astronauts with access to the lunar surface. It will feature living quarters for astronauts, lab for science and research, and ports for visiting spacecraft. Capstone will also test navigation systems and measure points relative to NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter without relying on ground stations. Capstone is one of the first steps to learn how to operate more robust missions in this orbit. It's laying the groundwork for future exploration of our solar system. Yeah, that sounds like a mission to be what's very interesting. I would agree. It definitely sounds fascinating. I will post a link in the YouTube chat for you guys. Yeah, and I would say that's that's a pretty good pathfinder for missions to Venus. Yeah, and we know Rocket Labs are very much set on going to Venus. Peter Beck's not yeah. made no mistake in, in the matter. He wants to go to Venus. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't think we have gotten any more questions. 
but I would like to show show you our merch site. We have set up a Teespring shop so you can buy some merch and we have some hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs. <coughs> Even Miko fan club merch. Yeah. So go check those out. Should be in the video description. And there will be more products coming soon as well if you find that there isn't a product available there. We do offer tailored products to supporters of Total Space as well. So if you think, mm, really want something that's personalised to me, not an issue, we can do that to supporters. If not, I'm sure if you pop us a request over on social media, we could list an item that may be otherwise missing. Yeah, absolutely. And I will also show, show our website. Well, there's a landing page, but it will it will look better soon. And if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash totalspace. Well, I think that's all for today. I've been Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. I've been another Space Nut, joining for this Deep Dive special. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Stay safe, everybody.